So our reading tonight is from Acts chapter 14 and we're reading from verse 19 to the end of the chapter. So Acts chapter 14, beginning at verse 19. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowd, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and entered the city, and on the next day he went out with Barnabas to Derbe. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had, many, and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and then to Iconium and then to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Then they passed through Sida and came to Pamphylia. When they had spoken the word in Persia, they went down to Italia. And from there they set sail to Antioch, where they had been commanded to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them, and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained no little time with the disciples. So our verses contain kind of a mixed bag really for Paul and his continued work of evangelism. And I wonder, when I use that word evangelism, is it a word that stirs you up with excitement? Or is it one of these things that you think, oh aye, that old thing. Something that we speak about but actually we're not all that comfortable doing. We find it perhaps intimidating potentially costly and it's something actually we aren't all that comfortable doing with those around us and as I pondered that and pondered these verses one of the things I asked myself is do we perhaps have the wrong view of what success is when it comes to evangelism So three points, the first of these being success. And I wonder, when I use the phrase, what does evangelical success look like? What would be our immediate answer? Would it be people coming to Christ? That could be a legitimate answer to that. Would it be perhaps on a bigger scale and we think of things like the Billy Graham Crusades when he filled entire football stadiums with people and many of them came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. And what about in our own lives? What would we define as the evangelical successes in our lives? One of the things that we have been exploring over the, over the past year now you're in a bit now, is Acts 20, not Acts, Matthew 28, we are all sent as disciples to make disciples. Part of the responsibility of that then is speaking to others about the hope that we have. So what would we define as our evangelical successes? 
Now it's interesting when we look into these verses. And I have no doubt that when Paul gets back to the church in Antioch, and let's take note that, that that's the church that sent him. It wasn't the Jerusalem church. It was the Antioch church that sent him on this mission. He's returning back to them to report what's happened. And I have no doubt as he gives his testimony of what God's done that they view this as a success. But what happens just before it? Paul is stoned, left for dead, thought as dead by those that were doing it. Now I would imagine that that's something that none of us have experienced when we're preaching the gospel. And I would say if in our culture, in our day and age, if somebody has tried to stone you for preaching the gospel, you're probably doing it wrong because it's not really normal practice in our day and age. Back then it was something that was the done thing. But if people are stoning you, then you're definitely touching a nerve you perhaps shouldn't be. But what he defines this as is part of this success story of God. Not that this was a moment of great success, but that God's hand was steadily upon his life, using him in all the different contexts that he found himself in. Whether it was the great success that they seemed to have in Derby, and note that in Derby there doesn't seem to have been any persecution. They preached the gospel, they made many disciples, and off they went. And they were bold enough actually to go back into the towns with which they'd had to flee from and go back and make sure there's a leadership structure in these towns so that the gospel is preserved and the churches can keep on growing. Paul was beaten within an inch of his life. And I do hope that that's something that we have not experienced in our attempts to proclaim the gospel. But what it strikes me as is that evangelism and what we see in Acts is that it's a mixed bag of joy and hardship, of success and failure, of acceptance and rejection, of people that will receive the message with joy and others that are only intent on persecuting them because of the message. And the question I ask myself then is how easy is it for us as Christians to become discouraged when we too are on our path, our walk before God, our race before God, if you want to pull that metaphor. When we go into all the different parts of our lives as disciples. And in some of those contexts we will have spoke about the hope that we have. Sometimes it may have appeared to have gone well. We might have even seen people come to know Jesus Christ. Other times it may have gone disastrously and has left us frustrated and discouraged. Is our story really so different to that that we see in Acts? A story where Paul and Barnabas, in obedience to God, are sent. Now their sending is slightly more exotic than ours. Their sending is overseas to different cultures to preach the gospel. And these cultures react in different ways. But nonetheless, what they're doing is recognizing the Great Commission and going in obedience. 
we as disciples of Jesus Christ too will be sent. Where will you be sent to this coming week? I don't know where most folk are going to end up this coming week. I've got an inkling that most folk are going to end up in work. Going to end up doing school runs. Going to end up, perhaps if you're really fortunate, in a coffee shop with some friends. Lots of different places. And in some of these places, there may be opportunities to speak about the hope that we have. Maybe there won't be. And in times gone by, there has been opportunities to speak. In times there's not been. Times we think it's gone well, and times we think it's definitely not. What do we define as success? And is it really, and does it always have to be, when somebody becomes a Christian? Because if that is our standard bearer, we're making two mistakes, or there's one risk and one mistake. The risk is we're going to become discouraged when it doesn't happen, because it doesn't always happen. And the mistake is we fail to recognise that actually the becoming a Christian part is done by the Holy Spirit and not by us. So when I mention evangelism and use that phrase success, what comes to mind? What is then real success? And that's the second thing. Real success here is I'm going back to the church having had a somewhat bumpy ride and we've been through all the different towns that they've been in and seen all the different reactions that they've had from people that thought they were gods and were wanting to offer sacrifices to them and not long later were driving them out. From all these highs and lows that they'd experienced, they go back and report that God has worked through them. That God has opened up the door to the Gentiles for the ministry and work that they have done. That is their definition of success, that God has worked through them. God has brought the gospel to the Gentiles. It doesn't actually say here how many thousands became Christians or how many hundreds became Christians. The recognition was that God has done something through their ministry. Something remarkable actually through their ministry because he's taking the gospel to a whole new demographic of people. What of us? What if I was to say to us, right, every single person is going to come here and say a success story of their evangelical endeavours? What would we say? But what we should say is perhaps what Paul said here. That as we continue in our efforts to be obedient to God, to be open to the Spirit's prompting in our daily lives for those opportunities when we can speak about the hope that we have, as we continue to do that, God is working through us, using us, and furthering his kingdom as he did with these people here in our family lives, with our friends, with our works. In all these contexts, God is at work. One of the key things he asks us to do is to keep 
on praying. So do you? Do you keep on praying? For that stubborn friend that you've been speaking about or praying about becoming a Christian for, I don't know, let's say 25 years, are you still praying for them? The family members that are as resistant now as what they were when you first became a Christian, are you still praying for them? And do we have that faith that God is at work? These disciples, they weren't discouraged by the fact that what Jesus said actually came to pass. That the world will persecute believers on his behalf. As the world hated him, so will it hate those that are proclaiming his name. Persecution came. And it wasn't deemed as failure. It wasn't overly celebrated either. And let's take note of that. There are some Christians that will entice and be so combative towards people that the people will then turn and say precisely what they think. And they define this as successful persecution because they're getting a reaction. That's not what happened here. And it's not what we should do in our lives. But there will be times... When people do very clearly tell us exactly what they think of our faith. That is the reality of following Jesus. But it shouldn't discourage us. Because it is something that we're told will happen. And there's perhaps an element as well. That we need to move beyond an idea that being blessed means that life is easy. Now that would be great if that was true. The blessing meant everything was just straightforward and simple and easy. And that we woke up every morning with full of energy and nothing stressful happened that day. Our kids didn't misbehave or pour juice where they shouldn't or do whatever our kids do. Our teenagers' rooms were all tidy and all this kind of thing. That's not what blessed means. I think fundamentally what blessed means is that God is with us and using us and as we go through our day to day life and attempt and let's stress this part attempt to remain faithful to him because this this isn't a passive endeavour there needs to be something on our side that's saying yeah God I'm committed please use me that as we do that he will use us and maybe not in the great light in the sky kind of ways we might like He's at work. He's always at work. What is real success? Real success to me is obedience. The recognition that we are disciples. The preparation of knowing that we're sent into this coming week, whatever it's going to contain. And the willingness to let God use us to further his kingdom. And what this kind of understanding of real success will do for us is bring perseverance. If we can view evangelism not as an instant success story or something where every single time we do it somebody becomes a Christian but recognise that what God's asking of us when it comes to evangelism is obedience and faithfulness then two things will happen. One, we're more likely to do it because it doesn't seem such a big deal. And two, it actually takes the pressure off us because all the responsibility isn't on us. 
with just simply to try and talk and let God do what God does. It will give us perseverance in prayer and waiting because there are many things that we're praying for and waiting for. And in speech, patience to wait for those moments to actually speak about the gospel. Now I could ask us to stick our hands up if we've ever manufactured a conversation to try and shoo God in. Most of us probably have. I certainly have. It doesn't always go that well because people can tell when we're trying to shoo something in and our agenda in a conversation is different to theirs. If, for instance, somebody comes up to you and says, this weather's terrible, and then you can respond with, don't worry, God says he's never going to flood the world again, just look for the rainbow. Have you read Noah's Ark, by the way? And on and on it goes. People can tell when our agenda is not actually bothered about them, but we've got something that we want to say. Patience is part of evangelism, I think. Investing and caring in people. But we have to recognise that as Christians, we're called and then we're sent. And that looks different to every single one of us. For some people, it's overseas and we've got our missionaries that are doing precisely that. For a lot of us, it's into Aberdeen when we go into work. For others, it's the school runs and the various different things that we do throughout the week. But in every single context, we're sent. Because we go as disciples, as followers of Jesus Christ. So we persevere. We try to remain faithful and obedient. And the trials will come. Whether it's persecution or stress or irritation or whatever it might be. There are many things that will test us. Discouragement has to be resisted. Because it will stop us praying it will stop us speaking and it will make us lose interest in trying to speak about the hope that we have I'm not going to end this by saying God wants to use each and every one of us I'm going to end this by saying God will use each and every single one of us but the big responsibility on our part is to be faithful to be obedient and to seek that prompting of God who is in each and every one of us. You know, next Sunday evening we're launching Get Set, which is when this room will look pretty different. And Get Set is a more discussion-based evening service in which we will be looking far more deeply at this, this whole concept of the fact that we are sent sent people, what does that look like? And more importantly, what message are we actually taking with us? Is it a message of hope and gospel or what is it? What is it we're taking and sharing with those around us? And what trials might we face as we attempt to do that? But we all have to recognise we're called and sent. God is with us. Always. As that guy said this morning in our video. And he's going to use us. Maybe even in great ways this coming week. Let's pray. Father we thank you for the faith that you've given us. And we ask now Lord that in this coming week. That you would help us in our trust of you. That we would focus our eyes, our minds and our heart on you. 
our salvation and our rock. And that by doing so, Lord, we would release any concept that we have to somehow tick boxes to please you and remain in your presence. But instead, with hearts filled with thankfulness and joy, that we would, that we would wait on your leading as we engage with many people who you love like you love us and await those opportunities to speak about the hope that we have. Help us to always remember, Lord, that we are on mission for you. We are your disciples. Lord, there is no day off in this call. But we are yours wholly and completely. Our time is yours. So use us, Lord, in great ways. For your name and glory we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. close our service by standing to sing our closing song which is give thanks to the Lord our God and King Mm -hmm.